1: Discounts not available in all states and situations.
2: There's no place to escape to. This is the last. On the left. (laughs) That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? What about that one call? Oh,
1: give me that one call. <laughs> now when I get upset, I just go back into landslides in my head. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's what I discovered. If you ever get really upset, just just become the song Landslides for about 30 seconds. <laughs> I
3: love Stevie Nicks.
1: Landslides bring you down. Oh, I should have worn a diaper. All oh, the cocaine at <laughs> my butthole made it real big. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Goodness. The mic is on. <laughs> That ruined this take. <laughs> All
3: right. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everybody. I am Ben Kissel. That's Marcus Park. I'm
2: Stevie Nicks. <laughs> hey,
3: Stevie. Thanks so much for being here. How you doing? You recovering from the
1: hard relationship? Yeah. I was pretty sad about it, but now I'm a witch woman. <laughs> what I heard about Stevie Nicks is I what's really her. cool is that when she goes into hotel rooms, she puts various colored, um, uh, like, like sashes Scarves Scarves, really? scarves all over everything <laughs> In order to make it Her environment And oh. I think that that is A thing that I'm gonna Start doing But instead of scarves It's gonna be Old fast food bags <laughs> Oh I think you already Do that
3: yes. don't you Yes Um, Amazing Well speaking of hotels We wanna thank the Benson Ball What a great weekend we had
4: Yeah Over in Washington D.C. We had an amazing weekend Out there We went to the D.C. Improv Sold out show Yes Met so many amazing fans After the show You guys are fucking amazing You're the best
1: Yeah And we went Godfrey Fancy whiskey t- tastings Marcus and I and we drank a hundred year old booze mm. I and- went to I went to a bar with the fans called the Big Hunt.
3: Emphasis on the H. Hunt. Thank you, thank you. I don't know why they named it that. Um, all right, so yeah, thanks everyone for coming out to Washington D.C.
4: And uh, just so everybody knows, we have a second show uh, booked in Portland. We de- ha- we're doing an early show now, so if you guys missed out on the first show, go get tickets at slash live
1: It's interesting
3: that we're doing the plugs
1: first
4: in an episode like today. Well, I'm gonna channel
3: I'm gonna it, channel the fans right now and be like, get to the death.
1: <laughs> um, this episode is going to be a problematic fate. That's yes. another term I've learned from Tumblr. That uh, is a this is going to be um very difficult to swallow. This is Richard Chase, part two. Oh. Richard the Vampire of Sacramento Chase, which you don't get that nickname for just wearing a cape.
3: I'm gonna say the nickname <laughs> seems large. Richard the vac- the the Sacramento Vampire Chase. That's a lot to say. Yeah. Yeah, he oh, right. he
1: crammed he did a, a lot. S- he crammed a lot in there. He lived a Vlad Dracul lifestyle in mm. about five days, and that's hard to do. That- Very. And, and, because Vlad the Dr- the Vlad Dracul's whole lifestyle took a lot of infrastructure.
3: By the way, if you call him Dracul's, I'm allowed to say Ufos.
1: <laughs> no, his name is Vlad Dracul.
3: Ugh, it sounds like a dumb Nestle chocolate drink. <laughs>
1: he was Romanian.
3: All right,
4: so Richard Chase, part two. Marcus, what do we got? All right, we left off after the murder of Ambrose Griffin, the drive-by murder, Richard Chase's very first victim. And between the first murder and the second, Chase's bloodlust intensified. A neighbor named Don Larson saw him carry three animals on different occasions into his apartment two dogs and a cat respectively she never saw the animals ever again. It's like he was running his own hot dog factory. (laughs) That's awful I mean I feel like it's one
3: of the the lost comic strips of Marmaduke you know when Marmaduke was abducted by Richard Chase. It's
2: like oh you're you're a pretty big dog I bet you got just enough blood to make me normal again (laughs) oh god he's just so full of antics (laughs) you're knocking over my blender that's the baby guts I had. You're ruining my Wednesday. <laughs>
1: Marmaduke. Um, So let's talk about this a little bit. So between his first murder, when he shot Ambrose, mm-hmm. his last name Ambrose, correct? Am-
4: uh, Ambrose Griffin.
1: Ambrose Griffin. When they shot him, it's like this was sort of a him testing himself. He had mm. built up to this point. We know he had started shooting things around the neighborhood. He had bought a gun. Uh, and between that, and then he shot his neighbor right he got a thrill because it was like a neighbor of his oh this is all within like a mile of his apartment right and so he walked around this time kind of amping himself up in the meantime he's also trying to be super normal to his family he's shaved he's cut his hair he's walking around saying like I'm really thinking about getting a job but they don't understand that that job is actually being a vampire <laughs> which also is interesting you don't need an application for
3: no uh, you don't it, whatever it is it's it's signed in blood though Yes. yes.
1: <laughs> uh, and he started uh, purchasing animals. Up until this point, the yes, guess t- he was taking it. And so to a point where uh, he was starting getting cross off the lists at pet stores. Also, yeah. dogs would viciously bark at him on the street. <laughs> like, literally, he would go to adopt new animals that he was going to kill, and the animals would recoil from him like they were reading something from him. This is a very dangerous person. He's already killed one person. And so, apparently, he... he adopted a dog over a thing like craigslist through a classified ad he got the dog back to the house killed it drank its blood then called the woman and described how the dog died anonymously from payphones and saying all this, like, fucked-up shit, stuff only she would know, quote-unquote, about the dog, Mm -hmm. which I don't (laughs) know what that is. But, yes, up to so he's really amping himself up. Yeah. I got to say, these pet store employees
3: didn't seem to be doing their jobs. How many cats do you need in a week Uh, before you get crossed off the list? You get one dog every five years. That's the rule.
4: So on January 23rd, 1978, Richard Chase decided it was time to get up close and personal with his first human blood victim. He began at 2909 Bernie Street, walking up to the house of a woman named Jean Layton, he tried her patio door. The door was locked, so he moved on to the windows. When he found that they were locked as well, he went to the back door where Jean was staring out. The two came face to face through the glass, and she said that he stared at her with no emotion, as if he was looking at a car he was thinking about buying. I have a lot of of emotion when I think about purchasing something, so that's where we're (laughs) going. I'd be
2: like, (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, buying a car is extremely emotional. It seems fun. <laughs> yeah, so he then lit a cigarette and walked away through her backyard. From Jean's house, Richard walked down the street and 30 minutes later walked into the unlocked house of Robert and Barbara Edwards. Now, this is another weird vampiric mm. twist to the Richard Chase story. But this yeah. is where part of why he gets the nickname of the Vampire of Sacramento. Right. So years later, Richard told FBI profiler Robert Ressler that when he went out to murder, he only went to houses that were unlocked, not because it was easier, but because he thought that a locked house meant that he was not welcome which plays on the belief that vampires can only enter one's home if the resident invites said vampire inside.
3: That is my favorite rule of all the uh, vampire lore, is that you just have to be... Courtesy counts. No. And the vampire takes it seriously. Can I please come inside? No, you cannot. All right. Nope.
2: <laughs> I guess I'll go to the Burger King. If they let you in. No, no. I'm so hungry. <laughs>
4: So, Robert and Barbara, they came home from grocery shopping opened the door and found the filthy scraggly Chase standing in the hallway. Can I
2: be your butler? (laughs) I'm looking for a job. I told my parents I'd come back with a job.
3: Well, it does kind of bring us into another class if we have a butler, honey. I'll
2: be the butler that everyone loves. (laughs) Like Mr. Belvedere. Just
3: like that.
4: So apparently, I guess he was uh, having, he was putting forth some semblance of normalcy to his parents, but every person who saw over the course of these few days, just described him as straggly, absolutely filthy. Like. The
1: words unhinged. Uh-huh. When you're when you used when the word unhinged is used about you four or five times in a description. Right. (laughs) You need to talk to someone. You need
4: a makeover, first of all, please. Yes, downward spiral. (laughs) Yeah. So when uh, Robert and Barbara saw Richard, they chased him around the house for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Slipping on blood. (laughs) Before Richard finally got past them and ran out the front door. Now, Richard had intended to steal a few things as they found a bag filled with items such as rings, a tape player a decorative dagger, and a stethoscope. Why do they have these things? <laughs> yeah. We've all got weird shit in our house. Decorative dagger? We do, because that's us. I don't have <laughs> a
1: decorative dagger. I barely have a butter knife. <laughs> that's sure You have no silverware or working gas in your home. You
4: don't need it if you don't cook. But Richard had also left something behind. Uh-oh. Now when the couple walked into their baby's bedroom, they found that Richard had opened up the chest of drawers and urinated on all the baby's clothes, then had walked over to the bed and took a nice big dump right square in the middle.
1: Oh look, Davy, now you have a little brother. <laughs>
3: You're holding the dump. Yes, no, yes, Is that what? That's what you want to do right now? That's your act out that you chose. Yes. Did you put eyes on the dump?
1: Yes, little googly eyes, like an emoji. <laughs> um, that's really unfortunate. But also, it's it disgusting.
3: He's um not well. Well, not isn't well. this exactly what Albert Fish would have done in this in
1: a similar situation? Literally, exactly he's like, a like what he did. I also could have just been scared and left the shit like he's a squid, you know, and just shooting out <laughs> ink. I don't think he was. God! what is it with just leaving the fecal matter behind? Well, well it's about power and degradation of a subject. It's mm. showing that it's a, it's about uh, going in there and yeah. showing, literally, I shit on this thing. I shit on a thing that you find sacred in order to get like, try to get his wiener up. Well, what this
4: is all about, what this day is all about is escalation. Uh, is that a lot of killers, they take, they have a sort of escalation that may take year, or months or even years. Richard's doing all this in one day. This is like, baby Day Out,
1: but ending in the worst possible way. I heard it's the director's cut of Baby's Day Out. Yeah,
3: it's like Kiefer Sutherland in the movie, and the TV show 24. Also remember... Hour three involves pissing on a dresser and taking a dump in a room.
1: In, if, if it was playing in France. guess <laughs>
3: uh, that's hour two, three, four, and five. Uh,
1: the pipi and the caca most degradation. Um, but he is uh, obviously very ill, but you also remember, because we were talking about how he was, he was being relatively normal to his parents. The, the, again, the only reason Reasons why they say that he was acting normal is because he wasn't talking about how hot his blood was. Well, he's like
3: Donald Trump. You start with like talking about you know random newscasters' vaginas, and then you escalate to grabbing them
4: in that vagina. But, he, but he yeah, the bar is extremely very low for spot. Richard Chase. They
1: watched him murder their family pet and cover himself with the blood of the pet, and no one said anything. Didn't send him to a hospital, so now it's just like, all right, as long as he's wearing pants, not covered in
4: dog blood. Now, after the break in attempt, Richard was thirsty. So he went to the store to grab himself an orange soda, which was his favorite besides blood.
1: This is where it's oddly similar to you. I also <laughs> feel that he would also really enjoy iron brew.
4: <laughs> well, I prefer grape soda over all of them. Yeah, see, iron brew is more of a bubblegum flavor than an orange flavor. It's just colored orange. Well, why did you get him talking about
3: this? I'm anyway? sorry. <laughs>
4: Now there, while he was at the store, he ran into an old classmate of his, a one Miss Nancy Holden. Chase walked up to her and said,
2: Were you on the motorcycle when Kurt was killed? Because that would have been fucking awesome. (laughs) Who are you? Oh, it's Richie. You don't know, remember good old screaming, blood-hungry Richie? Tell me, are your bones in your face backwards? Because you look lovely. Oh, Richie. Yeah, yeah hey, Richie. So r- that's what I they remember, say. You haven't, yeah. changed <laughs> I mean, you haven't, haven't changed a day. haven't changed a day. Can I eat your feet? Yes. Because that's... I feel if I eat your feet, I'll get new feet. <laughs> Orange soda, huh? Yeah, I love it.
4: <laughs> well, Nancy had, in fact, dated a guy. In high school, named Kurt, who had died in a motorcycle accident, but Nancy. Barely recognized Richard as he was filthy, smellier, smelly, skinnier than usual, and wearing a bright orange ski parka
1: that was covered in dried blood. Yeah, it, well, it had
4: it was covered in brown stains because, as we talk about on the show, blood dries brown. And so most people, when they see a blood stain, they don't immediately recognize it as a blood. What? stain. So with the other
2: option is that he's covered in shit. <laughs> well, so th- it
4: varies. It could be gravy. Is, this, this is right
3: after he <laughs> urinated in a home and took a dump and was chased around a home. Immediately after, right
4: to, like thirty and, minutes. After.
3: What were the people that just recently chased him? Did they call the police? Or did they... I mean, how do they lose him? I mean, they called the police because... Well, that's the thing is that Richard Chase, slippery dude. Slippery, huh? You also yeah.
1: remember, this is the 70s. There's a lot of hippies. The, 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 the right, Vietnam right, right. War's winding down. The hippie movement is grinding into a weird, gray, like, oh. existence of people yeah. just washed out on acid. This probably happens two or three times a week, and they <laughs> just have, like, a hippie sweeping broom, like, get off the porch. <laughs> yep. But apparently, when he was running through the house, I forgot this. When they were screaming, stop, stop, he screamed, I was taking a shortcut. (laughs) That's true.
3: (laughs) Strange shortcut to the deli, I
4: guess. Well, Nancy finally broke free, but Richard followed her outside asking for a ride. Nancy managed to get in her car, start the engine, and drive off just as Richard was about to open the passenger side door. Door. Do
1: you Her think door. though, in some reverse way, he's like watching Nancy, and Nancy and him are having like a, like a, one of those "see you next year" moments, no. where the, the the romantics music's playing, and Nancy's like, Richie, I just kind of. I was just wondering when I was going to see you again. I knew you were in the neighborhood. And then he imagined himself in a full tuxedo with, like, flowers covered in blood. And he just thought he was, like, offered to be in the car, like
4: she was inviting him
1: in the car.
3: It does seem like a fantasy that would come out of Jim Carrey's character from Dumb
4: and Dumber. (laughs) Well, that's the thing is that we don't really know what intentions Richard had with Nancy Holden. Like we really don't. I mean I think it's... he was just looking for a ride. He might but have been looking for a ride. I think he, he also might to... have been looking to kill. Yeah, why wouldn't we assume he's looking to kill?
1: Well it's because he would switch on and off really hard. When they were talked about when he would uh when he killed Ambrose the first time, he just went home and watched TV all day. Yeah, like but he would still switch killed off them. but he would switch off. Like he would go he would g- go into a frenzy and then like a channel flipped. And then all of a sudden he's acting like everything's all normal. I'm he was very assume, crazy.
3: I'm, I am assuming that he is going to kill everyone he's in contact with.
4: <laughs> well, he started with trying and lock doors. He graduated a burglary. He moved on to harassment and a possible kidnapping attempt because don't forget, he had a 22 pistol in his shoulder holster this entire time. And I also oh. imagine he was not that careful with it. I imagine no. he's got the jacket
1: flapping open. <laughs> he's chugging out oh, orange sure. soda covered in dried blood. She sees the fucking gun holster slapping against his belly. No. Like, that's hard. That's would, hard to say yes to, like, yeah, sure, I'll give you a ride. We need to
3: present him to Congress and talk about conceal and carry, They'd be like, <laughs> this is what it looks like. Well,
1: because he went and he bought a he bought a gun for sixty nine dollars, which tapped out all of his f- funds, and then he asked his mom to buy him the holster, and she said no, so he stole it from well, a thrift store.
3: That's that's the I guess he had the gun. You can get whatever you
4: want with it. Yeah, yeah, gun first so after
2: (laughs) always uh, gun always gun uh,
4: gun first (laughs) so after all of that he finally landed on murder at 2360 Tioga Way and we do know that it this point his motive was no longer robbery because a blue van was parked in the driveway clearly marking that someone was home. Now what we don't know is why he chose that house specifically. The only explanation, if there is one at Mm. all, is that Richard recognized the van from his earlier trip to the store where his victim, Teresa Wallen, had just visited about an hour before Richard showed up at her house. Because now what we know Mm. about
1: Richard is that he is obviously, he views things symbolically as well. And I think because he's now deeply schizophrenic, which you can imagine, it's like when you're now deep, you're essentially tripping all the time. And when you're tripping, things hold sort of psychological and, and symbolic meaning. Where you saw the cat, you saw that van before. Right. Now he sees the van here it's at this sign, house. Huh? It's like a sign I should go in this house. Or it was completely fucking random. Which is yeah. just the truth And it's like Most of the time Serial killers are not Completely random Most of the time cel- Serial oh, killers dude. case Their victims well, They watch them well, it's A lot of the times Yeah but
4: Richard Chase Was not like that at all No <clears throat> Like he, he is the, he is the de- Absolute textbook definition Of the disorganized Serial killer Well he's yeah.
1: He's somewhere between Tasmanian de- The Tasmanian devil And um Him You know what I mean <laughs> He's the Tasmanian Devil. I
3: love the Tasmanian Devil. But he
1: was cute. (laughs) Well, he
3: wasn't that cute. He'd mess you up. (laughs) Yeah, like Richard Chase. Absolutely. He never asked permission to come into your house. Richard
1: Chase kind of looks like Marcus. I know. He's been been described as cute. And also, as a bloodthirsty, blood hungry maniac, I've been trying
3: not to think about how much Richard Chase looks like Marcus. Mm. But now that you brought it up,
1: why did you did you say that I'm a bloodthirsty maniac? I'm just saying he just plays with bones, Henry. Yeah, he's like the Tasmanian devil. I'm post blood. You're now you
3: are. Marcus Post-Blood (laughs) Parks. All right, so it makes sense. The band triggered something. He's like, wow, I know that band. Let's go in. Mm -hmm, More than likely.
4: Now, Richard walked up to the door, took his twenty-two caliber handgun from his leather shoulder holster, cocked it, took the bullet he ejected, and placed it in Teresa's mailbox before opening the door. There, he found Teresa Wallen on her way outside with a bag of garbage in her hand. When Richard pointed the gun at Teresa, she dropped the bag and held up her hand just as Richard began firing the gun. The first bullet entered her palm, traveled up her arm, mm. exited her elbow, and nicked her neck. The second went through the top part of her skull, and she dropped to the ground. Richard then walked up to her and fired one more bullet into her temple from six inches away. A mercy! Considering what was still to come,
1: because now we're looking at you know mm. between product and and uh, process killers. He is a product killer. He wanted to kill people as fast as humanly possible so that he could get a hold of the body. He did not want the struggle. That that's not where the power he wanted was. Wanted immediate
4: control of the situation. Yes,
1: because yeah. he also was a weak person. Like he was a He was very scrawny, skinny. Well, like he's not going to wrestle somebody to the ground. Well, he actually he looked weak, but he was actually
3: surprisingly strong. Okay, so she did not have. I mean, a very unfortunate terrible uh, demise, but not as terrible as it could have been, I suppose.
4: Absolutely not. Especially considering what he's going to do now. Richard picked up Teresa's body by the shoulders and dragged her to the bedroom, leaving a long dark streak of blood on the floor. After he'd laid her down, he walked back to the kitchen, got a knife, and picked up an empty yogurt cup that he had spilled out of the garbage that Teresa had dropped. Richard walked back to the bedroom and started work on the body. Mm. He first pulled her sweater over her shoulders And cut off her left nipple He stabbed her torso so hard He split open her sternum And sliced the left side of her stomach open He reached inside the wound And pulled out the intestines Until the organs were exposed He stabbed the organs Eight more times So deep that the knife Came out through her back The only organs He left unscathed were the kidneys he then used the empty yogurt cup to gather blood from Teresa's stomach cavity and drank it he then went to the bathroom and smeared his face and hands with that same blood the final indignation came when Chase walked outside after all of this picked up a pile of dog feces from the yard and shoved it in Teresa's mouth but worst of all When an autopsy on Teresa was performed, it was discovered that she was six weeks pregnant.
1: Oh, my goodness. God. Um, Well, that's absolutely brutal. Can we get a bit of a palate cleanser after that so we can continue on with the podcast, Marcus? Sorry.
2: Sorry. A
1: fat bastard from Austin Powers. That's that's the palate cleanser? Yeah, play another palate Marcus. That's it. You want it, you want it. Yeah, play another one. Get in my not belly. A good not a good one. I don't one.
2: think that is not a good one. one. That, is, good one. One. that is... is inappropriate. All right,
3: Let's, I don't think the palate cleanser really worked in this situation. It might have made things worse. Um, that is very unfortunate. Whew. All right, so super intense. He, he's absolutely off his rocker. Totally insane at this point. So I mean, now
1: again, he he when he finished this crime, he left there. He's a Literally around the corner from his apartment oh, wow. Went into his own apartment And then just turned on the TV Started watching TV He just loved TV Sanford and
3: Sons or something like that Well, you know what? I mean, to her family it, that Just un- unbelievably awful I can't imagine how I would feel um, if, some, if, you, if that's how you, a, a loved one is treated uh, You was, know, post-mortem was, I guess, thank God it was post-mortem yeah. um, I suppose But uh, that is just That's awful, brutal stuff And yeah. we do not condone it yeah, thank, you.
4: thank you Kistel. thank you, I, you no know problem what i'm just saying i don't oh, yeah, yeah it was her husband the founder came oh, home poor guy and found her like that oh my god yeah richard it. chase is a terrible he's an awful human. he's leader. dead
1: yeah. he's fucking thank dead god. he's in hell right now it's fucking getting torn apart by demons yes now you can stream the live tv you love for just 40 bucks a month with sling tv get your favorite channels and shows for the best price If you want live sports, Sling has all the football playoffs and pro and college basketball. Stay up to date with breaking news from around the world with MSNBC, CNN, and Fox News. Sling also has reality, TV, popular entertainment, kid shows, and more. Sling costs almost half as much as other live TV providers, so you can watch more and pay less. Sling is easy. Sign up in minutes, stream at home or on the go on up to three devices, and record up to 50 hours with included DVR space. Get flexible channel lineups that put you in control. Pause, change, or cancel your service at any time. You'll never get locked into a long-term contract. Check out sling.com for special offers. Sling, the live TV you love for a price you will love. Last podcast on the left is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Thanks, Squarespace! With Squarespace, it's easy to create a beautiful website, all on your own terms. Don't let anybody tell you what's new. This ain't your mama's website platform. It is actually. It's actually be very easy for your mother to learn. You don't want to miss Fluid Engine. with Squarespace. Go head to squarespace.com for a free trial and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace.com
4: Hey! Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. The experts at Fast Growing Trees curate thousands of plants for all climates, locations, and needs. Available 24-7, you can talk to a plant expert about your soil type, landscape design, and how best to take care of your plants. I love fast growing trees because I just moved here to Los Angeles. i got a yard now and I'm doing all the landscaping myself. I love working in my garden. I love planting stuff. I love growing stuff. And the cool thing about fast growing trees that I really like is that they tell you exactly what type of growing zone you're in. I'm in growing zone 10 and they can tell you exactly what type of trees Or plants, or whatever you can put out in front of your house. Uh, I'm looking at the Norfolk Island pine tree. I'm looking at putting a little bit of red sister cordyline up in front of my fence. I think that'll the red will really pop nice. And maybe for the backyard, I got an extra planter that I might put a Satsuma plum tree in. And these prices are reasonable. They're reasonable if you ever been to a nursery. But right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time, terms and conditions may apply. Now, like with most serial murders, police had no immediate leads on the murder of Teresa Wallen because the vast majority of murders are perpetrated by someone that the victim knows. So when you've got a murder like this with no apparent motive, it's very difficult to know where to begin. Obviously, because uh, nature... a crime of this intensity is also viewed...
1: It's like either someone must have hated her... Or someone is a complete and total psychopath.
4: Yeah. And they have to really, really, really hate someone to do something that bad. Yeah. The, uh, really, the only thing... Like the family, the uh, her... Uh, I guess her husband's uh, sister... Thought that the crime was perpetrated by uh one of the husband's like ex-girlfriends Jesus because they Christ. heard that the ex-girlfriend was uh into a satanic cult. Of course, this is 1978. Everybody said thinks that everybody's in a fucking satanic <laughs> yeah, cult. Yeah, they were yeah, just they in the beginnings,
1: been. they were just in the beginnings of heavy metal. They're having a great time. They're swe- they're sexy and cool and wearing black and having a great time. They're just yeah. the first people out of the hippie movement. So don't blame the satanic cult people. Just, I don't mean to get defensive. I'm gonna say,
3: <laughs> if I had to if I knew someone wasn't a satanic cult that was an ex-girlfriend of the, you know, of the husband husband of the wife. I would I would look at I would sniff around,
4: <laughs> you know, just make sure. Well, you know, even though it was hard to know where to begin, that's not to say that the Sacramento Police Department didn't try particularly the lead detective, Lieutenant Ray Biondi, who wrote the book from which much of the research for this series is taken from. The book is called The Vampire Killer and it is solid true crime writing. If you like cop-written books, man, This is the one for you.
1: Yeah, if you like cops where it's not just been like, yay, and then me and the boys, we worked them over a little bit and then we got free ice cream comb because we're the police. Yay,
3: free ice cream. (laughs) My goodness. So the cops in this situation, Marcus, what,
4: uh, are you giving them uh, five out of five stars? I'm giving them five out of five, man. I'm calling these guys super cops. They they worked really hard on this case. Yeah, they they actually did. Now, the only clues that police had were a set of footprints in a pool of Teresa's blood, the bullet that ended her life and a series of rings near Teresa's body that appeared to be from a bucket or pan that had been set on the floor, which implies that Richard Chase brought his own bucket, either brought his own bucket or had taken one, but one of the buckets from uh, the kitchen, which is much more likely. Okay. Yeah, because he's not organized enough to bring a bucket with him. Like, think about
1: it though If you're gonna bring One thing if, you're, if your job is If you view your job Is that you're a vampire One of the things You need is a bucket And then what do you, you need also need the bucket for? It? For your but, For your doggy bag but, I guess so
4: Yeah well I mean no one uh, Reported him uh, The friend At uh, Nancy Holden Didn't report him Having a bucket At the supermarket That would have been A detail that she Would have remembered Her client
2: Clang Clang Clang, clang Having fun bucket. with my bucket yeah. Do you remember When your boyfriend died I sure
4: do
2: i get hard from it anyways can you hold my bucket for a second these fucking guts are very
4: heavy orange soda i always liked richie Uh, before police would even know richard chase's name he would claim four more victims on january 27th 1978 Richard's possible search for the right house would begin days earlier on January 24th. And I say possible because while we don't actually know if Richard was casing houses or just acting on a schizophrenic impulse, he started going door to door Asking for old magazines, specifically back
1: issues of Mad Magazine and Cosmo. Mad Magazine was hilarious at the time. This was the golden age of Mad Magazine.
4: It really was. This, I have a whole collection of late, you, of mid to late 70s Mad Magazines. This is
1: the time when you want it. And Cosmo is all about learning how to eat pussy. And so he's just trying to connect. He's trying to date.
3: I don't know. Maybe if if I he... found out that I wrote Mad Magazine and drew the great funny comics in Mad magazine i'd be quite disheartened to know richard chase loved them but yeah. what if I was found... like, richard i don't want to make i don't want to make richard chase laugh
4: oh don martin was devastated what if he
1: found the right issue of cosmo that taught him how to break the ice with that girl that he wanted to talk to <laughs> i don't to? think cosmo was that good he goes back to find nancy Holden he goes it's like i want to ask you about your interests and also i hear hot and cold on the vagina
2: i don't Maybe think it's gonna orgasm stronger all right i
3: don't think it'll work
4: no, on January 25th, a couple called police after they found one of their Labrador puppies dead on their rear patio, shot with its stomach ripped open. When police asked him if they'd seen any strange characters, they remembered a skinny, filthy man in an orange jacket who had bought two puppies from them days earlier.
3: I just don't understand. How are they selling puppies to this guy?
4: I mean, they just want to get rid of puppies.
3: Keep... He There's took, so many people that want a puppy. Christmas is right around the corner. <laughs>
4: Christmas They're, had already passed. Yeah, these are puppies being given well, away. Yeah, these whatever. are. This is post-Christmas puppies. No one wants puppies in January. I'll take
3: a puppy in January, and that's also a great new Lifetime movie. Puppies in
1: January. <laughs> puppies
4: in January. <laughs> are they just food for vampires? I hope not. <laughs> well, Lieutenant Biondi acting on a hunch and remembering the reports people had made of the magazine hunter that fit the same description. He ordered an autopsy on the little pup and found fragments of a twenty two bullet. Now, it wasn't enough to match it to the wall in murder, but it was still a clue. It definitely wouldn't be enough, though, to catch Richard before he committed one of the worst murder sprees in American history. Ugh. Be prepared. It's gold star time. It's gold star time! Does that, no, why does that
1: ring like I'm think- talking to an empty graveyard? <laughs> It's just This yeah. is what we do in the podcast where we're going to test your patience as a human being and test your endurance as a compassionate human.
3: Well, right. our listeners are very compassionate, wonderful people.
4: Yeah, extremely compassionate, wonderful people. That's why we say gold star because that's pretty much just saying like, hey, it's about to get Real fucking bad Well, right we're
3: now.
1: all in it together,
4: so what I'm they, forced to be here. What do
1: they get in return for getting the gold star this they time? They get a
3: thumbs, they get a like on
1: Facebook. Yeah, we'll and give them a like. You get a like, you get a, a th- big old thumbs up, buddy. If, if those Frankensteins are still around, I'll give you one of those. No, they're gone.
3: Halloween's over. Fuck this! Yep, it's all done now. Um, just uh, yeah. So, how long of a spree here are we talking, Marcus? 30, like
4: about forty-five minutes. It's forty-five it. minutes. That's so all is, you need. It's it, like Michael Jordan. All you need
3: is
1: one basketball game to make a career.
3: I believe you also equated Ted Bundy to Michael Jordan. So
2: I
1: ended up using up Michael Jordan a lot because he's all, actually <laughs> he's the personal. only. Yes. He, I look at him up to. I look up to him. He's in the, terms the only of athlete the- you know. Uh, Emmett Smith. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
4: Deion Sanders. All
3: from the mid-'90s. Yeah. and now Bobby naming, Bonilla. Now you're just Bobby naming Bonilla.
4: Cowboys. Okay, he's from the Pirates. Dwight okay, Gooden. <laughs> that's fine. He had a small cocaine addiction.
3: That's all right. All right, 45 minutes. Bundy-esque, I suppose.
4: Yes. Now, Evelyn Miroff was a 38-year-old single mother who lived with her two sons, Vernon, 13, and Jason, 6, in the country club center neighborhood of Sacramento. On January 27th, she was at home with her son Jason and her sister-in-law's 20-month-old baby boy. And on that day, Evelyn had planned to send her six-year-old son along with a neighbor to play in the snow at the foot of the Sierra Nevada mountains. But the boy would never leave the house alive, thanks to Richard Chase. At 9.05 a.m., Evelyn's friend, Danny Meredith, came over to the divorcee's house in his red station wagon and was asked by Evelyn to go back out and rent some snowshoes for Jason to take on the trip. And after Danny left the house, Richard Chase entered through the unlocked back door, walked to the bathroom where Evelyn was taking a bath, and quickly shot her in the head, killing her instantly, just as he had done with Teresa Wallen. He then dragged the naked body out of the bathroom and laid her out on the bed. Now, while we don't know exactly what happened next, it is presumed that the six-year-old son, Jason, heard the shot and came into the room to see what had happened. Chase shot the six-year-old boy twice in the head at close range, left the body on the floor next to the bed, and walked to the kitchen to get a knife so he could repeat what he had done to Teresa Wallen. And as Richard was in the kitchen, he heard the front door open. It was Danny Meredith returning from the sporting goods store. Chase pulled the twenty-two out from his shoulder holster, met Danny in the hall, and shot him straight between the eyes. It's then that Richard noticed the sound of a crying baby coming from one of the rooms. He walked to the bedroom where the baby lay in its crib, pointed the gun at his head, and pulled the trigger. So Richard then returned to the bedroom, taking two carving knives from the kitchen with him and began the same blood ritual he had performed on the corpse of Teresa Wallen. First, he cut open her stomach, sternum to navel, then cut again across her belly and pulled out the intestines. He stabbed her deliberately in specific organs, again, leaving only the kidneys unscathed, repeating what he had done the first time. He then took out the liver cut off a piece and ate it. After that, he pulled out the rest of the organs and collected as much blood as he could from the abdomen of Evelyn Miroth, again, just as he had done with Teresa. But this time, Richard decided to take it even further. He rolled Evelyn onto her stomach and stabbed her anus six times and sodomized the wound. He then rolled her back over Sliced her neck open And carefully cut out one of her eyes Now Richard had done all he wanted With the body of Evelyn Miroth But his work in the house Was not done yet He went back to the baby's room Brought the body into the bathroom Split the head open And partially dumped The baby's brains Into the bathtub Suddenly a knock Came from the front door the family across the street was still waiting for Jason to come over so they could head to the mountains, and the mother had sent her daughter to check on him. Thankfully, Richard did not open the door. Instead, he waited until the little girl left, took the keys to the red station wagon from Danny Meredith's body, and escaped unseen with a bucket of blood and the body of a 20-month-old baby. The crime scene would be discovered Thirty minutes later, when a worried neighbor opened the back door and saw Danny Meredith's corpse lying in the hallway.
3: Oh my! All right, so that's uh, completely brutal. You got impressive. a
4: gold star. Aren't you happy with yourself? Uh,
3: all right. So, um, so how? So there was three people that he murdered. Four. In, four people in this house. Yeah,
4: it was. Uh, it was. Ella, it was Evelyn Miroth, uh, Danny Meredith, uh, Jason Miroth, uh, and uh, the baby whose name has been um, kept out. Yeah. Um, oh, my goodness. All right. So, and, and how long did this take? About 45 minutes. 45 minutes. It was just
1: boom, boom, because they all died really fast. Right. It was like that, that whole thing happened, and then he was just with the body.
3: Yeah, that's what's so interesting. I mean, again, it's not like BTK. He's not really torturing the, these people while they're alive. I mean, no. it's a... It's a no, a, he's a, just, he's it, a weak piece of
1: shit. He's yeah. a piece of shit that just wants to total control over something. Also, if you look at the way he's mutilating the bodies, it's very childish. It's very much like a kid with a knife. He does not understand sexuality at all. You remember that he was born impotent. Like, basically, he could not have sex with anyone up until this point. or God knows what he did uh, on his own time in terms oh of, like, his masturbatory habits. But he, like, was stunted. He was trapped in sort of a psychopathic version of a 10-year-old boy mm. and that had a knife. And was playing with a body like he was a fucking de- deformed orphan. And now he's just driving around, which
3: is horrifying to think about. This man behind behind the wheel of a car,
1: listening to Light FM, because you know he knows space. what he is. Yeah, he loves Kenny Loggins. Maybe having a good time driving around, but like literally just like just driving back to the house in his huh. ranchero. Like like doot I also really hope he didn't hum a song while he was doing Who all this. Who knows?
3: I mean, at this point, I guess the flip, the switch is now off, right? Yes. Um,
4: as soon as it yeah. happens, it seems like because he, he gets in the God. car and it, yeah, it goes back. Up. He he heads back home. All oh, right. I guess that.
3: I guess that's where he, where you go. I, I have this is insane. Wait, where do you want him to go to the I baseball game? I don't know. I want him to go <laughs> to jail immediately, um, which
4: I guess is the next step here. Yeah, absolutely. See, police. They were at a loss, of course. Now, they, of course, knew that the same person who had killed Teresa Wallen had also committed the mass murder that had just occurred on that cold winter morn. Now, besides the obvious, the cops had also found the same rings on the carpet next to the body, the same footprints tracked through the blood, and bullets from the same gun. But Richard, in a very telling move that spoke volumes about his sense of right and wrong had worn rubber gloves, so there Hmm. were no... Fingerprints.
1: Also, he had dumped the ranchero, which you're gonna find out. But that's like one little, little detaily thing, is that he dumps the ranchero because it's all within a mile around his apartment. He he dumps it in like a weird place, like a behind the the Meredith's house, right where it's like, and it's parked across a bunch of parking lanes. He didn't actually drive away from the house in his ranchero. He stole Meredith's yeah, car. Right. He drove it to another apartment complex and parked it. He knew exactly what he
4: was
3: doing. So yeah. he's. Kind of surprisingly sane in some
4: ways. Uh, I mean, he had, as far as a, somewhat of a preparation for the crime, he had a little bit of foresight. Just enough. He had just enough to cast uh, a shadow of a doubt on the insanity defense. Right. Like, he he the fact that he wore gloves shows that he made some effort to not get caught.
1: Or right. he literally was like... All vampires wear gloves!
4: Honestly, who
2: knows? (laughs) It's like he could have been wearing a top
1: hat and fucking, you know, and scuba gear the whole time, too. Who knows knows what he's doing? He's just thinking, like, I gotta make sure to keep my guts inside my own body just in case he doesn't jump into this dead woman's body.
4: (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, and police had also found Danny Meredith's car, but had nothing to link it to Chase. However, they would later find out that Chase had abandoned the car only 100 yards away from his own front door. I was kind of surprised there was no trail of blood leading out of the uh, station wagon over into his apartment because he was walking out with a bucket of blood and the corpse of a baby under his arm. But But the baby was wrapped up.
1: Apparently, mm-hmm. and then also the bucket. I mean... I guess he was very careful not to spill any blood. Also, you just put it on your upholstery. It's getting in the upholstery. It's kind of like putting it on a, on a coaster.
4: I guess.
2: <sighs> I don't know. No, you don't know.
4: <laughs> now, we usually don't cover the hunt for the serial killer in our heavy hitter episodes in much detail because, frankly, most of the time it's a happy accident that these killers are even caught. But this mm-hmm. right here, this is top Notch police work and deserves to be recognized as such. Yeah, kind of
1: Lieutenant Biondi was actually not that long on the force. Like he was like newer to the homicide
4: branch. Most of the guys on this case were either rookie detectives Ugh. or very new detectives. And so a lot wow. of, the,
1: I mean, like they they all talked about the, how they had to go into very deep therapy after de- oh dealing God, with yeah. finding these crime scenes. But like Biondi was like following hunches, and he would mm. kept checking in with an older officer, like friend of his, which just sounds <clears> like a movie. There's got to be a movie of this at some point. I
4: wish there was. I
1: think there was. I forget there there may have one may have been one. There was a weird little thing that i saw called the psychopathic world of richard chase which is a 7 minute movie done with barbie dolls not not good <laughs> that's not a movie that's yeah, so, right and then he went in but there's there's something about this dude we like went to the older officer was like this is i'm putting together this whole case and i was like i have a hunch that is
4: this richard chase guy and he's like follow your gut it was cool. Now, with no concrete leads, Lieutenant Biondi decided to try something new he had learned two years earlier at a seminar hosted by the FBI. He decided to try psychological profiling. Now, using techniques he had learned in combination with crime scene evidence and a few hunches, Biondi was able to make these assumptions. One, since no witnesses in this suburban white neighborhood had remembered seeing any minorities walking around as... This was, admittedly, the late 70s, and people would have noticed, Mm -hmm. Beyondy assumed that the killer was white. And this is where racism works. You know what? (laughs) In a strange way, it did. It's where it works. And the only real suspicious person who did show up in police reports was the skinny white fella in his 20s, so it was safe to assume that that was probably their guy. Two... Beyond, he thought that he was probably schizophrenic. The attacks were extremely disorganized and occurred in daylight with no real effort to cover the crimes. Besides, just the gloves mm. and the crimes have been done with no real regard for witnesses. Because
1: people had seen him all day long. He was walking through people's yards in that, he had a fucking bright orange ski park
4: on. Covered in blood going door to door. Yeah. yeah. He had obviously broken from reality. I mean, the person that you could compare Richard Chase to is uh, another Richard, Richie Ramirez.
1: Very similar to Richard Ramirez, but Richard Ramirez was even more sadistic. So Richard Ramirez was at least, um, had his shit together a little bit more in his own head. Well, Richard Ramirez wasn't schizophrenic. No. Like, he he was just an asshole. Yeah, he was just Shit. But yeah. Richard Chase was just obviously very, very sick, but also an asshole. Yeah. When you combine the two, perfect storm. You, you get a whole family dead.
4: Yeah, exactly. Now three, Beyondi decided that this guy was probably a loner, unmarried, and out of work. It was reasoned that nobody would be able to live with or employ someone <laughs> who was capable of this. <laughs> Accurate. Plus the murders had occurred during regular work hours. Four The killer probably had limited social skills and was no smooth talker. This guy's no game show host. (laughs) Uh,
3: He is nailing it so far.
4: Yeah, because there was no prolonged interaction with the victims and the murders had been committed quickly so the perpetrator could keep control of the situation. He reasoned that the only way he was able to take any control of the situation was to just Shoot him in the head. Yeah, literally,
1: surprise him and shoot him. Yeah,
4: exactly. And five, the perpetrator had probably been recently released from a mental institution due to the nature of the crimes. They had also occurred within a short period of time in one area, suggesting that the perpetrator was a newcomer to the area.
1: Ding, 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 ding. This
4: guy's five for five. Five for five. Yep, this profile fit Richard Chase to a T, and the FBI. Often holds up the Chase case as the gold standard of a disorganized killer profile, and they take a lot of credit for that. There's only one problem: the FBI was not involved in this case in the least bit. This was no, Sacramento. This, this was Sacramento PD. Were. But well, their ideas were, and their their ideas for law enforcement. Their ideas, were. but the FBI takes credit for solving the Richard Chase case. They take credit for Wait. the caller. They take credit for the arrest. They did not arrest. They did not they call They created
3: her. a methodology that led to the arrest. I
4: understand the FBI thing. a little bit. Are you coming down on the side of the FBI? I'm
3: going to. I don't, don't want to be changed. He's changed. He's <laughs> changed. No, no, because, because <laughs> without the without that man going to the seminar and having the FBI teach him about profiling, then maybe he wouldn't have gone there mentally, and then the case wouldn't have been
1: solved. If the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were to come and to right. save right. me from the Foot Clan, yes. I would thank Leonardo and not Splinter. <laughs> so there I we go. I would thank Splinter. Well, that's where
3: you're well, you know, really piss thing We have to thank Shredder. Well, they, because without the, the enemy, is that, there is no good guy.
4: The psychological profile helped. It did help, but it by no means solved the case. Okay. There was very a very, very, very strong chance that they still would have caught Richard Chase uh, had they not had the psychological profile, had they not used this. And I think it is a huge disservice to the Sacramento Police Department for the FBI to claim that their psychological profile led to the capture of this killer, because that's what they do. You read Robert Ressler's book. If you read a lot of summations of this case and other serial killer books, they all implied that it was the FBI that caught this guy because of the psychological profile. Which, it was not the FBI at all. It was the Sacramento Police Department. All right, which well, is let's the,
1: give credit where credit is due. But this is also the common thing we talk about with uh, the reason why these these crimes aren't uh, busted more quickly more often. It's because of the miscommunication between the higher levels of police departments and the local levels. It's like right. because they all are fighting for who gets credit, that's a lot of time why these killers slide through the cracks because nobody wants to share information for them because everyone wants the collar nobody wants to actually work together as a group because that's where your funding comes from is what is the basically the outline like look at our numbers this is who we break down that's all changed now that's for sure oh yeah
4: Correct. Texas Pete. Sauce like you mean it. Visit texaspeet.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at com. This show is sponsored
1: by BetterHelp. It says right here. What would you do if you have another extra hour of your day? It's sports. (laughs) (tries) Prize picks. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor, with eating up? Whether it's tournament season or the fight for playoff home court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Yeah! Toss that rock! Come on, guys! Yeah, pass it around. Get on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious caps, whether it's hula hoops or earring hoops. You're going to know everything you need to know about sports. You can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Conference tournaments are here, which means the biggest moments in college basketball are getting closer. skip! price books even offers injury insurance so that your entry stay in play even if one of your players gets injured I sure wish that Bobby Bonilla was still in the game because I would pick him to go all the way can you imagine if Bobby Bonilla played basketball woo wee dog then it would be more like baseball but Bobby Bonilla would still be crushing it in the contract game woo the deadliest game of all download the app today and use code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. That's code LEFT for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy.
4: Now, at any one time, there were over 50 cops canvassing neighborhoods asking about su- suspicious persons. And again and again, the same tall, skinny, filthy man in his 20s wearing an orange jacket came up. But, according to Biondi, this wasn't extremely helpful in the search because, as we said earlier, remember, this is California in 1978. There were a lot of tall, skinny, dirty guys walking around Sacramento. Right. Nevertheless... There's
1: literally like 15 Grateful Dead cover bands just in the Sacramento area alone.
3: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Bill Walton and Phil Jackson, were, uh, they looked the exact same, and they were professional
4: basketball players. <laughs> nevertheless, they were still able to make a sketch and send it out. They also knew that the killer had used a 22 semi semi-automatic, but the problem there lied in the fact that 22 semi semi-automatics were among the most popular guns sold at the time and were in fact known for their reputation as murder weapons. Lucky break came when Richard's high school friend, Nancy Holden, the one who Richard had harassed and possibly planned to kill at the supermarket on the day of the Wallen murder, told her police officer father-in-law about the incident after seeing the sketch of the scraggly stranger. That's so sad. He was just having a Dawson's Creek moment with Nancy and that's just the don't thing don't
1: that made the was. whole thing fall apart. He Thank was there God. saying all he wanted to ask her was, I wish that you were the one to
4: ask me out on the Sadie Hawkins I don't dance. think that she wanted <laughs> to ask him out. Now, Biondi started looking into Chase specifically because, as Henry said earlier, he had one hell of a hunch. And found that Chase had a concealed weapon arrest on his record for a twenty-two, which alone would have been enough for them to look into it. That he had spent time in a mental institution where uh-huh. he was described as a violent patient. And they uncovered the bloody incident at Pyramid Lake. So really, if you look at it, yes. as far as the profile goes, really the only thing that actually fits that they actually have in the the check-in was that he spent time in a mental institution. The concealed weapon arrest for the 22 and the blood incident at Pyramid Lake, that alone is enough for them to look into it. So yeah. it was the sac- yes. Yeah! this <laughs> so, should have been looking into him from the
2: fucking beginning. He should have been in a mental institution.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Did you just turn into
3: the, the honeymooner? I just get, like, it's like... <laughs> what the hell's the name of the honeymooner guy? <laughs>
2: Ralph, Ralph, Ralph
3: Cramden? Yeah, yeah, you just turned yeah. into Ralph Cramden. I
1: just don't really understand how a man, just, you know, he had a bucket of guts driving around. Saying I'd rather be flying. I know. I'm
3: surprised <laughs> that he's able to get away at all. But yes, interesting.
4: Now detectives found out where Richard lived, drove over, and knocked on the door. Richard didn't answer, but they were certain that he was inside, not wanting to come
1: home. <laughs> Certainly not. Oh, 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 oh. Yum,
4: yum, yum. Now not wanting to compromise the scene by entering without a warrant, the officers made a big show of acting like they were gonna leave and come back later.
2: Oh, <laughs> there right, is a lot
4: of going. theater in there.
3: <laughs> 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 a guy with coconuts? <laughs> like the, <laughs> like Monty Python.
1: Trying to drive away. We're going to the Burger King. I know mm. how much you like Burger King. Mm. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> They're just hiding behind the bushes. <laughs> they were. <laughs> Hello, amazing. Yeah, they were
4: waiting around the corner of the building. Did just, they catch with, him with a net?
3: <laughs> <laughs> with any luck, he's a
4: cartoon. <laughs> yeah, they waited for him to emerge. And sure enough, just a few minutes later, Chase walked outside carrying a cardboard box. Oh, the no. cops yelled, Stop! Come back here. Chase threw the box at one of the officers and in a whole rush. Of uh, bloody pieces of paper Flew out of the cardboard box That's all that was inside oh, just, just little bloody pieces of paper Vampire pinata <laughs> Disgusting <laughs> yeah. Chase took off uh, in one direction As one cop was chasing him The other cop came around the corner And bashed him in the head with his gun Chase immediately fell to the ground The cop thought that he had killed the guy But when he went down to put the cuffs on him Richard started struggling around And this is when that, like, the cop was like Holy shit, I couldn't get I I couldn't get a hold of the guy. One last dance! <laughs> it's a horror film! One movie. last dance of freedom! <laughs>
3: this is this
4: is the final scene of
3: a horror film. You yeah. think you killed a monster, it turns out you didn't.
4: Yeah, and the cops said like the entire time Richard was trying to reach into his jacket to try to get the gun out so he oh could shoot God. him. Just shoot this guy in the head. Yeah, yeah. but he was trying he was trying to get the collar. Like he was trying to actually arrest and he also right. couldn't get to his own gun while he was trying to hold Richard
1: down. The arresting officer had a Really nice interview moment where he said I was pulling the uh, I was the the guy that actually arrested Richard Chase was was chasing him down originally thought when i see this guy i'm going to pull out my gun i'm going to shoot him i'm going to kill him but he said no at the very last minute if i kill him then i'm i'm like him Yeah. and i don't want to be like him well only if he cuts up the corpse and drinks his blood <laughs> well that's the extreme <laughs> version
4: okay yeah i mean this it actually sounds like these were some pretty good cops that were taking I do this like guy it. down I- and so they finally got the handcuffs on Richard Chase Ugh. they searched him In his back pocket, they found Danny Meredith's wallet. In his shoulder holster was the 22 semi semi-automatic. Most disturbingly, though, they also found pictures of Jason and Evelyn Miroth in his pocket that Richard had taken from their house after the murder. And when cops finally got a warrant for Richard's apartment, they discovered a scene that is it's exact. His apartment is exactly what you'd expect. I can't, be. can't believe he had track lighting. <laughs> yeah. Disgusting. How tasteless. Now, almost mm. everything in the apartment was stained with either dried blood or fresh blood, down to a loaf of French bread that was sitting on the couch next to his blood-soaked sleeping bag. He just thought it was marinara sauce. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> now There were small bits of bone in the kitchen, and in the fridge they found the body parts of animals on dishes, and human brain tissue stored in a container. Jeez. And the blender was badly stained and smelled of rotting flesh. You
1: well, know, that's where I always find, like, one thing I like about, like, watching various serial killer, like, d- like, kind of, slap together documentaries is that every single time I, I've watched one these all the ones that are like 10 to 12 minutes long whenever they talk about Richard Chase they cut to a clip art of a runner drinking a smoothie which I yeah. think is like bad press I for I think smoothies. it's gross.
4: It's just a, it is bad press for the smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> what do yeah. you think? You're a blender guy Ben or
3: you uh, you were a blender I was guy until so you broke your blender. Yeah my blender broke because I put ice in it yeah. not human uh, corpses. I, yeah, I don't much. think was
4: you can just throw rabbits yeah. into a blender all day long but you put ice in there and it's going to break. It I just guess seems like so. you were really overusing this blender. I guess I
3: was. I was not nearly as nice as Richard Chase was with his wonderful blender. Apparently, babies are
1: soft. It is
3: disgusting to think about him just jamming whatever he jammed into that blender. It's so strange, and and then he just goes and eats a bunch of French bread and watches television.
4: Definitely would have been a very morbid commercial. Oh <laughs> God! They also found anatomy textbooks, health magazines, a marked-up psychology article titled. Under stimulation, a classified section with all the ads for dogs circled and a spiral notebook. But then you just didn't know that inside the
1: notebook it was just con- constant drawings of MASH. <laughs> you know that game, that childhood game? I don't
4: know MASH. Oh I thought I thought you meant MASH like that, like there were pictures of radar. <laughs> yeah,
3: the television show. I don't know, know about
2: oh, that. radar and holding <laughs>
4: El Il- Aldo's Il- in- Ol- a good guy. I
2: love him so much. I wonder if he's got enough blood in him. He looks like
4: he does. He does, I'm sure. Now the notebook was filled with handwritten notes and drawings of guns, obscene images, and swastikas, as well as translations of German words. That's one thing that we didn't cover about Richard Chase. He's a neo Nazi? No, he thought Nazis were after him. Yes. Yeah. He Even though Na- he wasn't Jewish. He thought
1: Nazis were putting radios in his soap. Like there was like that was a part of they well, thought his mom was. Was in line with them that they Mm -hmm. were. She was. She was selling him out. He was obsessed with Nazis.
4: Yeah, and the Nazis were working in conjunction with the UFOs. See, UFO, UFOs. Interesting. (laughs) Unidentified
1: flying objects. So I have to start calling him by the full name.
4: UFO. (laughs) No. One page had Richard's signature 12 times.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. And I the, did that as
4: a kid. Yeah, just you, practicing when he's a celebrity. You know, I did that too. I, you know, practiced my signature. Me it and Mrs.
2: Nice. Vlad Dracul. <laughs> Mr. Richard Dracul.
4: <laughs> <laughs> now, besides all the gore and the carnage, the most disturbing thing cops found was a calendar. And on the dates of the Wallen and Mirith murders, Richard had written the word today. He had written the same word on forty four more dates in the coming year, it's and he had st- done it twice, and who knows when the next one would have come so he so this shows that Richard Chase did have some plan right. like he did it wasn't just that he woke up that day and said, "Today is the day i'm going to kill." he planned the day he was going to go out and kill it It really was it's like Tuesday is magazine day. Wednesday is dog day. But yeah. Thursday is calendar. murder day. day. That's put it own
1: officially.
3: version of the secret. To
1: yeah, thing. but he did not have a script. So he didn't have like a, a like a schedule supervisor. You know what I mean? It's like he wasn't <laughs> handed no. the schedule down. He made the schedule He well, didn't have to clock in or anything. No, that's yeah. the best part about being a vampire is that you're also an entrepreneur. <laughs>
3: so... Yeah, did he self-identify as a vampire? No, he didn't. self-identify. Okay, self-ide- so at no point was he did he pretend to be a vampire? No, he just was.
4: No, not yeah. He just he just was a vampire. No, he didn't go around saying and, I'm a vampire. I don't need you know I okay. need blood uh, to survive. He thought that he needed blood because he was losing his blood. It was like the uh, the disorder that we were talking yes. about in uh, the last episode, where you know they believe that certain body parts uh, are missing. There are some serial killers uh, who believe that they are vampires, that you know? they are closer to like Vlad Dracul. Yeah. Richard really didn't give a shit about any of that stuff. He was obsessed with anatomy and Nazis. He did read Dracula.
1: That's kind of cool then, because then he was like the real punks versus pop punk.
4: He yeah. was for real. Yeah, he's like a, yeah, he is definitely like a, a proto-vampire. <laughs> Alright, so let's uh, so what happens to this guy? They got him alive. Yeah, so Richard Chase's insanity defense was rejected by a jury, and on May 8th 1978, Chase was found guilty and sentenced to death. Also, while he was in jail, there's two little tidbits.
1: One was is that when he would lie in the cells when the jailers come by, he would hide under the covers and then pop out going, "Ah ha ha." Like he would like make like weird little noises what, he be- played peekaboo. Yes, with the jailers and then also uh when he got in there, of course his reputation preceded him and because he was a baby killer, all of the people on death row would collect jars of urine, they would piss in the cups and get get it to the guy closest to his cell to splash it all over Richard Chase while he laid in bed. That's mm-hmm. just
3: kind of a fun... That's that's a jailhouse game. Yeah. <laughs> they get very comfortable with their own uh, waste.
1: It's called the apple juice pass. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, that's what
3: happens when you shit in the same room that you sleep in. But isn't that something that Chase would enjoy?
4: No, he wasn't a pee-pee-poo-poo guy. Okay. I mean, he liked to pee-pee-poo-poo, but I don't think he liked to smear himself okay. in pee-pee. But this is disgusting! <laughs>
3: yeah, it's just like that's the uh, anyway, all right, so guys,
2: I go pretty far, but this is even <laughs> this too is much to for me. This is too much for me. <laughs>
4: all right, no, Chase would not meet his end in the gas chamber as the state intended. On the day after Christmas 1980, Richard Chase, egged on by his fellow inmates, took a handful of antidepressants that he had been hoarding from his daily dose and died on death row. From toxic ingestion,
3: a fate too good, way That's too good, think. way That's too good. That's actually kind of—I mean, never do that. But not, not the worst one. Yeah,
4: he does not. He did not deserve a peaceful death. No, so this this guy was real fucked up.
3: He was awful. All right, well, wow, <laughs> Richard Chase. Uh, great research, interesting to say the least. I guess keep your doors locked. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Like there's that's like a good literally
1: idea. one thing you can learn from this is that th- this shit happens. Like this
4: man was very e- scary. It is he- extremely, extremely rare that it happens. Lock your doors. Yeah, just, your doors. Uh, lo- that's all we can say. Lock your doors. The boogeyman isn't necessarily real. This is extremely rare. Don't keep yourself. Don't let yourself stay up at night thinking about Richard Chase. But no. you know, make sure your fucking back door is locked. I don't.
3: How didn't he die from consuming all
4: animal blood and, and other people's blood? Doesn't that kill you? Well, he got he did get blood poisoning uh, at that one, one time, point. Yeah, it but, went, for, but from injecting. Yeah, it. from injecting it. Yeah, I eat organ yeah. meat all the time, and my blood is
1: thick and strong yeah, and healthy. You, yeah, no, you're not healthy. Yeah, I'm very healthy.
4: Yeah, but have you seen like I mean, people eat weird shit and they survive. Have you ever seen uh, that guy on YouTube? His name's like Schumann oh, or, one yeah, shoe or something. To, where I he like eats the sticks of uh, deodorant. He's just yeah. a raging alcoholic. Yeah, he's just a raging alcoholic, but. He survives. So he, Richard uh, sorry, can survive for now. For now, <laughs> <laughs> humans are very adaptable.
3: Yeah. All right. Richard Chase. And
4: Anything I, can be food.
1: I guess so. And of, I guess so.
4: And of course, thank you to uh, Christina, the psychology expert, and uh, Megan for uh, sure. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Thanks to Christina. Yeah, yeah Christina whatever. exists. Cool.
1: Christina. Um, let me ask you a question. Um, what's your address? Like, do you like where? Where would you live? Seven nine four three four six three. Just numbers. Those are just numbers.
2: 94
1: four way great
3: improv marcus <laughs> christina everybody great great appearance thank you guys so much for listening uh, i hope you enjoyed the episode learned a little bit as well i uh, hope
1: you learned
3: that's important to learn i mean there's uh, some stuff to learn here yeah, absolutely I've learned. Um, thank you so much for all the wonderful uh comments and uh, things like that on the facebook group and on the facebook page and and go and re- uh, review us and rate us Five stars if you love us on uh, on iTunes. That would really help us out quite a bit. And we can ha- finally, claim the number one spot.
1: Just do that. You know what I mean? Five stars or nothing.
4: Five <laughs> you know? stars I'll or take nothing. F- I'll take four.
1: Four stars I, or no, five. No, no, Marcus. <laughs> five stars or nothing. That would be really great. Go out there. I don't know. You know. That's all we're asking.
3: Are you having a mental breakdown? No. It sounds like you're having a mental breakdown. No, it's breakdown.
1: not like we're out of here flying without a net.
3: We don't need a net when you got when you got nimble feet like ours. Yeah. You don't
4: need a net. You don't need a net when you have friendship. That's right. Oh, God. You are aging dramatically. I am.
3: Yes. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening, and thanks so much for uh, uh, supporting all the shows here on CCR. Thank you so much for supporting our, our Patreon page as well. It really is life-changing stuff. uh, Absolutely. I
1: finally listened to an episode of Wizard and the Bruiser, and Holden seems like normal on it. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I want to check that out or not. It's, It's kind of disconcerting. Well, but it's very good. It's a yeah. very good, well-researched
3: show. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Check out Wizard and the Bruiser, A Lincoln's Top At, Round Table of Gentlemen, The Lucky Bone Show, yeah. Page 7, Sex and Other Human Activities, and you know, all the other shows that Marcus does such a great job of bringing over to Cave Comedy Radio. Uh,
4: well, as far as live shows go, uh, we still have tickets on sale for uh, Seattle, Washington on Friday, December 16th at Numos. There's only about 50 tickets left on that. Okay. Uh, and it is st- its over a month uh, until the show uh, goes on, that show will sell out. And Do it, not sit on your hands on that one. And if
1: you were one of the last 10 tickets purchased... Marcus himself will give you a full leg massage. Yeah, a full leg massage.
4: Just leg- one leg. You know what? Myself, I prefer leg massages over anything. I I'm a tight man on my legs. I really I I hold a lot of my stress in my legs. I didn't even mean mm. to do this.
3: No, but you did do it. You definitely did. <laughs> yeah.
4: And yes. on uh, Saturday, December seventeenth, Portland, Oregon, at Mississippi Studios, we sold out the late show, but we have added an early show. Go to Ooh. CaveComedyRadio.com/live for tickets there. And on Saturday, January 7th, Boston, Massachusetts We sold out of the Late Show, but guess what? We are adding an early show Uh, So we will be announcing that very soon As soon as we get the tickets on And uh, also we've got a couple more confirmed dates But tickets are not on sale yet We're coming to Chicago and we're coming to San Francisco
3: San Francisco Quick update, Pudgy (laughs) the Mouse I saw him last night, he's doing great
1: <laughs> just living, living with no gas, and literally living with vermin crawling around. Is that a vermin? That is vermin. It is no, ver. Not. It's a New York City rat. It's, you are It's a in, mouse. But you are living in the Richard Chase version of Cinderella. I just that that's you know, not even you know, close that. to true. You're not gaining his trust.
4: You're not. If this thing's not going to
1: start doing stuff around the house for you.
3: Well, he doesn't have to because huh. I I don't make a mess. Yeah,
4: but you know, next month he's going to be like Mr. Jangles in the Green Mile. He's going to be like little cage. You know. Mr. Yeah. Jaggers, He's a trick mouse. He? He's a trick mouse. Ma- <laughs> he's
3: a good mouse. Uh, yes. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. And uh, I'm going to throw out there a hail yourselves. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Truly. Yeah. And deeply. Oh, and don't forget about the live stream. Friday 7.30. Check yes. it out. Yeah, you fuckers. Well, don't s- yell at them.
1: I'm sorry. You're, you're fuckers. I'm uh, sorry.
4: AdultSwim.com slash stream. Hail Gene. See y'all on Friday and... We'll see y'all next week.
1: Kill me, you fucking cocksuckers. Yeah!
4: Goose delations. <laughs> if Henry can survive this week, I will not. <laughs> all right. We're rolling. Everybody, welcome to this week's How Patreon. How did you just start this? Everybody! <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Everybody, we're going to do this week's Patreon shoutouts. Benjamin, take it away. going to
1: do a Patreon shoutouts.
4: Shoutouts!
3: <laughs> now we're all just channeling Holden McNeil. Yeah. Shout out! Shout <laughs> um, out! Seriously, from the bottom of my heart, every name that I read, I uh, thank you all so much. Um, that's good. Very sincere. Very sincere. Thank you so much! All right, first name <laughs> Wolfgang Folks. Ooh. Sounds like a chef, but he only makes foxes. Who only right? cooks fox meat? Ryan Reem, <laughs> That is. Peter Antill. Brent Ills. <laughs> I think it's ills. <laughs> you know the capital I and a lowercase l, they're the same letter. Oh. I never
1: liked that. I'm sorry. <laughs> the capital I <laughs> and the lowercase, it's the same letter. Yeah. <laughs> it's confusing to well, people. the l is a little shorter than the i. Ah. I've never seen that. William Zoth.
3: Sarah Davis. Chai Eaton. Mm. Katie Toon. Kate Sabalo. 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 Kate Sabalo. Jesper... Oldall Adam Rhodes Robin Campbell John Atkins Michelle M. Hodges Mm -hmm. She just gave us a lot of information (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for your support Uh, Let's see here Katie Guidry Thank you, Katie Fernando Prado Oh, we know Fernando Prado Ben Thomas Sylvia Vajalo 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 I'm getting much better Yeah Vajalo Kind of Yeah. Yeah. Aaron Towns. Thank you. Catherine Campbell. Adrian Shipley. Dan Jones. Charles Nicholson. Paul Everett. Allison Cantrell. Thank you so much. Hey. Jeremy Nicholas. Amber Powers. Ryan McDonald. Mm -hmm. R. Kelly Gonzalez. Simon Colley. Justin Lajeune. 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 That's a French one. Phil Wadey. That's an American one. Yes. Tim Perham, Carolyn Stewart, Chad Miller, Gregory Bevington, Dan Strauss, Kelly Kirst, Allison Schober, Kate Russell, Elise Murphy, Nathan Kruger, John Harper, Ath- Ashley Craig, and Lucas Reagan. Thank you guys so much. Hail thank you.
1: Satan. I would like to thank Stephanie Gorgeous. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> TJ Gomez, what's up? Hey, TJ. Tiny Hamster. That's, you shouldn't be on a computer, you're an animal. Caitlin Smith. (laughs) Andrea York. Nicolette Moreau, I know you, hey. Hey. And Andrea York, hey. Angela Davila. Uh, Caitlin Stanbro. Jacob Brinkman. Brittany Neville. I'm Brittany Neville. Laura Zelensky, yeah, Polish, yeah. Destiny Ray. Wade Pratha. David Gallagher. Rob P, as in urine. (laughs) Emmeline Williams. Amanda Lord That's it. that's me turning into what's his name From um uh, uh Sat- Saturday Night Live Amanda Lord <laughs> Richie Unrine Andrew Coyle Charlie Weatherholt Daniel Gaudet John Lindsay Reverend Jesus H. Christ How was it having sex with all of those 12 men you dragged around You fucking wizard Scott Estep Clinton Davis Did you say Scott Stapp? Estep No, not Scott Stapp <laughs> <laughs> I wish that would be great. It would be. I would expect more money
4: from him. <laughs> I would expect less.
1: <laughs> Mary Rose Cameron McKinley skate Canada Kennedy Jameson Hurls Mike Freeman Derek Dunn Devin Weiss Darren Fleischer Andrew President Lincoln <laughs> Annalise Delholt Nikki Baron Emily Cob Paul Brach. Christopher Weld, Austin Garrett, Stephen Cook, Justin D is in D's nuts, Michael Oxley, Tom Hutton, and Hannah Nimless. I have Angela
4: Felton. Uh, Nolan H. The Liz Benoit crew. Oh, oh man, it would be fun to have a whole crew. Whole crew. Lisa Cheatham. Roop Grove. Jonathan M, mm. Tony Hurdy. Squid DeVille Alden Evoke huh. Daniel Morton Leonid Levchenko Megan Duval, Mark Limburg. Limburg Limburg James Stewart oh, James Stewart I
2: wish I could be On
4: the show last podcast On the left and said I killed my family Zoe Hatch Christian Story Lauren Maccheroni Shani Zamora, Jeffrey Ballou Hey, Jeffrey. Alana Watson, Paul Redding, Bridget O'Malley, Mike Reinholter, Nathaniel Barter, Saicio, 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 Russ Frobiter. <laughs> sorry. Shelby Schultz, Melissa Colson Skylar Bergie Megan Kolar. Amanda Tewell Sean Warden. Skandor Akbar. Skandar Akbar. Chad Stewart. Brian E. Clark. Alyssa Sable. Amanda Monofo Ludwig Hornstrom. A A. David Blood. David Blood. <laughs> Zach McAllister. Christina Huntwork. Raven Hurtle. Robin Hardwick. Dave Barley. Alan Shinkumas, Theodoric Ripper, Kate Kurt, Kurt Manor, and Louis Galde.
1: Well, thank you very much. Thank you for your money. <laughs> Of course, thank you very
4: much, everybody. uh, Give me
1: your money.
4: (laughs) Gives to our Patreon. uh, If you would like to give, uh, even a dollar helps, uh, and a dollar gets you a shout-out, go to patreon.com slash lastpodcast uh, on the left. Thank you guys so, so, so very much. And we've actually got some very cool uh, new content coming out for the Patreon exclusively. Just you. Just you. We'll talk about it uh, on the show will announce it. It's super cool stuff, uh, and it will be coming, coming soon. all over you soon. <laughs> hail, say, uh, hail, Gene! Hail yourselves, I guess. Yeah, hail me! And the magustalations. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to CaveComedyRadio.com.
0: Learn more at netsuite.com slash podcast25.